We're answering your questions on Carlos Correa, the Twins bullpen, trade targets, all of it. Coming up on today's episode of Lockdown Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Sunday, January 8th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Again, this is Nash Walker. I've been hosting this podcast. For three seasons, four off-seasons, been writing about the Twins at Twins Daily, four seasons, four off-seasons, answering your questions today. It was a busy weekend, Friday especially, in terms of news or rumors or both with Carlos Correa, so I figured now's a good time. Check in with you. Mailbag. If you ever want to ask me questions, you can go at NashWalker9 on Twitter, at LockedOnTwins, either one, DM, send a tweet, whatever. We have a lot, so I want to jump into these today. We'll start with Morgan. Morgan says, how do you see Giovanni Moran being utilized this season? I see him as a potential breakout player because I really like what we saw from him last season. I'm interested to see if they use him in higher leverage spots moving forward. Moran's interesting, Morgan, because as a traditional lefty, he's not a traditional lefty because he's better against right-handed hitters. He has such a disgusting changeup, which is, it's like, how do you use a, a guy like that? And I think the best way to use him is if there's an order and it goes right, left, right. That's when I would use him. But if it's right, 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 I'd probably prefer to use a traditional righty with like a really nasty slider. So it's like it's hard to figure out, but I agree with you. I do think he's a breakout candidate for 2023. He had the second lowest FIP by a Twins reliever in a single season minimum 40 innings in 2022, meaning he did a really nice job limiting home runs, striking guys out, limiting walks for the most part. But at AAA, he got beat around. He was good in the majors. I, I agree with you. I think he's going to be a breakout candidate in 2023, and I think they're going to give him an opportunity to be the second lefty out of the bullpen. But if he shows he can just dominate righties and lefties, he's going to move up really quickly. There's going to be space for him to move up. Drew says, what are some teams you'd like to see the Twins try and make trades with? These are off the top, so I'm just rolling through. Uh, teams I'd like to see the Twins try and make trades with. Miami's made sense for a long time. They need bats. The Twins have left-handed bats. They have bats in general to deal from in the farm system on the Major League roster. Miami's got starting pitching. Miami has guys, I think, who are available in Pablo Lopez, Edward Cabrera, Jesus Lazardo, Trevor Rogers. One of them is going to be dealt before opening day. So Miami for sure. But I've talked about this. It's hard when these teams think they're trying, they think they're going to win. Milwaukee, for example, thinks they're going to, they have a chance to win and, and they're going to, at least going to give it a first half, it looks like, to see if they can get into this expanded playoff field. There's less teams, less rebuilding teams to pick from. And the ones that are, they traded away their starters last year in Montas and Sonny Gray and Tyler Malley. And those teams dealt away a lot of those players. Milwaukee remains interesting, but probably closer to the deadline. I think Miami is the team to watch there, Drew. But there are, you know, San Diego with Haseon Kim and the shortstops. Keep an eye on them as well. Miami, even they have Miguel Rojas playing short, and I think he's probably available. So keep an eye on Miami. Devlin says, Devlin, how are you? Good to hear from you. How confident do you feel about the bullpen at this exact moment if they re-sign Fulmer? How would that change your feelings? Do you think they've sewn up an area of weakness from last year? I'll say, 
on paper, when you add, and it, it doesn't, it's not necessarily an add, but it's a sure thing that we know Yolanda Duran is one of the best relievers in baseball today. So when you look at it today and you start with Duran, it's a really, really nice start in the back half, in the, in the late innings. But we saw early on, sometimes it doesn't even matter if you have Yolanda Duran. I will say down the stretch, Duran was even better in his last, I think, 30 or 40 outings. He was just completely dominant. And I expect he's going to be pretty dominant again in 2023 but they need more depth they traded for Jorge Lopez I think they're hoping he gets back on track that was a weird adjustment midseason Baltimore is beloved there moves over to Minnesota new place first place team a lot of pressure I think he's going to get back on track the twins certainly hope he will you got Jorge Alcala coming back Griffin Jackson is a breakout candidate for me or a twin I really like for 2023 Caleb Theobar was nails down the stretch last year so yes on paper Feeling much better than I was on paper last year about this bullpen. I, I still would think bringing back Fulmer adds more depth and it raises the floor of that group. Because if you have an injury to Duran, you're putting guys into higher leverage spots. And Lopez closed last year. He was an all-star closer. Rougher second half. You want to give him an opportunity, seventh, eighth inning, to get going again. And if Duran gets hurt, they're going to be in trouble. So I would add more depth. I would add more depth. But today, absolutely better on paper. Adam! Assuming no Correa, can Brooksley actually play shortstop if Royce Lewis is behind him or has a setback? I Everything I've read, seen, heard on Brooksley is that he's not a shortstop. And I think if you were to go down the line, so you have the, the Twins three like shortstops potentially in Royce Lewis, Austin Martin, and Brooksley, the one who's most likely to be a shortstop is Royce Lewis. And a lot of that's built on his pure athleticism. And then it's probably Austin Martin. And that's kind of shows where I'm at and where a lot of people are at scouts and otherwise about Brooksley playing shortstop in the bigs. I think he's going to end up outgrowing short. The side to side agility is not there compared to Royce Lewis. I think he's an emergency shortstop in the majors, maybe like a Nick Gordon, but I think he's going to end up playing third base for the twins on an everyday basis. And that's why Royce Lewis's development is so important for this team. And Austin Martin's going to play a little bit short, played short exclusively last year for Wichita, I believe. So I think they're going to be able to play short, but I don't think they're everyday shortstops. Austin Martin and Brooks Lee. Royce is the best chance of doing so. And even him, there were doubts about him from a scouting perspective on his ability to stick at short as well. Ryan says, what's up with Tyler Malley? If he had shoulder inflammation last season, shouldn't it be healed by spring training? Everything we've heard is, is good on Tyler Malley, but the, the good and the bad with that is last year we heard after the deadline, he's fine, he's fine, he's fine. And he came back and got absolutely walloped in Chicago, was throwing 87-88, and his season ended. When all we heard was he's fine, he's fine, he's fine. Twins seem to be frustrated with the treatment plan for Tyler Malley last year, bringing in Nick Paparessa, new head of training, you know, athletic director, basically. I think there's a hope that he will help guys like Tyler Malley stay healthy. But I, I generally, yes, I think people are a little under, they're underselling the Malley addition because I think if he pitches to his peripherals, which I think he can and will ultimately at Target Field and for the Twins, He's he's a frontline starter to me if he pitches to those peripherals. But there's there's reason to be concerned about the shoulder be, just because of how last year ended. He threw 180 innings, I believe, in 2021. So I'm hopeful he can get back to 150, 180 innings in 2023. This is from Will. If we sign Carlos Correa, what will the infield look like? We got a lot more on Correa coming on this episode as well. What would it look like even if we don't sign him? Just seems like we have a lot of capable dudes that shouldn't be bench guys. So right now, how I would think about it. They, are, they have actively chosen to play Jose Miranda on a 60%, 70% basis at third base. So I would look at it that way. He's their third baseman. I would look at it as Jorge Polanco is their second baseman. 
on a 60 to 70 to 80% basis. I would say he's more locked in than any of them at his position. Jorge Polanco is your second baseman. I think first and short are flexible. I think you'll see Kirilov, you'll see a rise. Miranda's going to shift over, play first. Farmer will shift over and play some third. Short, we don't know yet if they're going to make a trade, if they're going to add somebody who isn't Kyle Farmer to play short every day. That's why it remains flexible. So, yes, I agree. There's capable dudes and there's capable dudes coming as well, which is why you've heard of the twins shopping Luis Arise, I think, or why you've heard, you know, maybe Brooks Lee would be a decent trade ship for a starting pitcher because they do have a lot of guys there and a lot of guys for not a ton of spots. Even with that being said, it's not a great infield defensively or even offensively, I would argue. They needed that Correa type of addition, I think, at short, and it, it looks like it it's probably not going to happen. It's There's a lot of guys, but it's a lot of guys we don't know a whole lot about at this point. So much more coming on Correa and more after this word from BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball hockey, everything you're looking for, they've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even even find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is so easy to use on your phone, on your desktop, your iPad, whatever you want to use it on. Use it. It's a great platform. It's every sport you're looking for, everything. It is the best. It's the best, the best, the best. BetOnline.net, if you're looking to play, you're looking to find even a sports pod after you've listened to Lockdown Twins, Lockdown MLB, Lockdown MLB Prospects, go check it out at BetOnline.net. It is where the game starts. Thanks again for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. Now your second listen. Host Lindsey Crosby on Lockdown MLB Prospects is a prospect encyclopedia going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. More questions from the folks on Twitter, Kirko, now that the Marlins are more aggressively shopping, they're starting pitchers. What does a potential Twins offer include? And please don't say Luis Arise. I'm on the record saying I would not trade Luis Arise in a deal for Pablo Lopez. I don't think he really checks the box you're looking for if you are going to subtract Luis Arise. But that doesn't mean I don't think Pablo Lopez would really help add depth and even frontline ability. He's on the Sonny Gray, Tyler Malley level, and I think he would help the Twins a lot. But I agree. I'm not going to say Luis Arise because I would not include Luis Arise in that deal. You have to ask yourself, though, who are you willing to give up? It, it costs a lot to go get controllable starting pitching, and he's only controllable through 2024, Pablo Lopez. You're looking for someone like Edward Cabrera. Nasty, nasty stuff, but not the, the pedigree yet at the big league level. More years of control. You're probably looking at a similar package, to be honest. And I think that's why these guys haven't been dealt in the past. I thought Lopez would be dealt last year, and it didn't happen. That's why the Marlins are looking for impact bats, you know, impact major league players who can help their team now. Someone better than Max Kepler, I'm sure. They're looking for more. And for the Twins, if you're adding Lopez and you have him for a year and a half, you don't really want to subtract too much from your major league team. And I think that's the problem here, finding that happy medium. So a potential offer, I think, would include a top five Twins prospect addition in addition with a top 10 Twins prospect in addition with a top 25 Twins prospect. I think that's what you're looking at. And you can include Miranda and Kirloff and Larnick graduated prospects in that analysis. Like, they could be part of it, too. I think Pablo Lopez is the most likely of the group uh, to move. Andrew says, 
What would you say to the possibility of not trading Max Kepler? I feel like we could see a bounce back season with the shift band underlying numbers, not to mention him being one of the best defensive right fielders last year. Yeah, he's a great right fielder. He's an elite right fielder defensively. And I've said it. I don't think he's going to be as bad as he was at the plate last year, even if they were to keep the shift. Like, I just don't think he's going to be as bad. That was a that was a lull for Max Kepler, especially the last couple of months. He was unplayably bad over the last couple of months. A lot of injury problems, his legs. I'm not saying that bodes well for his future. I think he's going to be better next year. I think he's going to be more of that league average hitter. I, I would underplay the shift factor just because if you watch him, like it'll tell you, and Mike Petriello wrote about this as well, MLB.com. If you watch Max Kepler, he grounds out softly. He's not, and he does. He does ground out hard sometimes to the right side of the infield, but a lot of times he's popping the ball up on the infield, popping the ball up to left, grounding out softly to second, grounding out to first, grounding out to the pitcher. Like he, he's not roping into outs every time he's up there and you don't watch him and say, oh, he's the one guy who's going to benefit. I think he will. I don't think it's going to be off the charts though. For 2023, he will bounce back. I think he's going to be like a two and a half, three win player. So if you want to play him in left, you play Gallo and right. You're going to have a great defensive outfield with Kepler, Buxton, and, and Gallo. That, that'd be a great defensive outfield. Troy says, what's the best and worst case record prediction for this season? I like this question. I don't think it's going to be really, really bad. It could. Last year, I said like they could win 70 games. They could win 90 games. They could win any win anywhere in between. They won 78. I, I don't think that about 2023, and the reason is because they have more pitching depth than they did. I mean, Dylan Bundy was their fourth best starter and became their third when Bailey Ober got hurt in 2023 with Chris Archer right behind him. Now you're looking at a lot more stability, I hope, in the rotation. That's not a sure thing with the injury histories of these guys, but I feel better about who's ready to step in as well with Louis Varlin, Simon Richardson, Josh Winder. They're not going to blow. I don't think it's going to be a, an outstanding rotation. The floor is a lot higher for the for the pitching staff. The bullpen's included in that as well. So I think the worst case record prediction is something like we just saw, 75 to 78. The best is they need to add because the best with this roster, if everybody stays healthy, 88, 90 wins, I think. They need to add more upside to this roster and and hope as well that, that people stay healthy. But that's you got to add more. You got to add more. So my best... Troy would be 88-90, worst would be 78-80. I think, I think it's a pretty narrow range of outcomes with this current roster. Justin says, does Max Kepler get moved? And if so, what does a package look like? I've heard interesting things about what a package would look like for Max Kepler, like interesting rumblings about that. I think maybe he could bring more than I expect, but it hasn't happened to this point, which tells me that the Twins haven't gotten an offer that they're, they're willing to take. When Nelson Cruz moved to Tampa, the Twins traded him like a week before the deadline. I think it was like a week before because they got an offer they liked and they thought, okay, let's do it. We're in on this. Like we got what we wanted. They haven't done that with Max Kepler. And with every day that goes by, it might be more and more likely that he's on this roster. I still don't think he will be. Package you're looking at, a good package would be like a B-level prospect. That would be, I would I would sign off on that. B-level prospect, you know, potentially major leaguer, you know, double A, good double A player or more of a lotto ticket at single A who's talented. That's what you're looking at for Max Kepler with eight and a half million due in 2023. That's the package uh, I would expect. Adam asked, Adam asked the same questions. Uh, what do you think of the ceiling we could get in return? Say he is packaged with something else. Yeah, they could they could package Kepler with somebody else and get more. I, I think on his own, not a ton. He has positive trade value, I think, but not not a ton. Like look at what they got for Gio Urshela, and everybody's 
Joe Rochelle was a three-win player, and he had one year of team control. And Max Kepler, one year of team control, as an elite right fielder defensively, has had years where he's been productive and a three-four win player. On his own, I don't think he's. I don't think he's uh, bringing back that much, though. B level prospect would be a good outcome. Carl, assuming the wrist is intact, what kind of season are you expecting from Alex Kirilov? A booming season. No, I think uh, AK has all the talent in the world as a hitter. I'm always going to believe in him. And if his wrist is intact, and you told me he's going to be healthy all year with his wrist, I would absolutely check off and say he's going to be a middle of the order bat for the Twins in 2023. I'm confident in that. I think Prime Kirilov is as well nerd what kind of termites exactly are in carlos correa's newly discovered wooden peg leg i don't know i don't know what's what's going on with that leg we need to get more information on it. i don't know if we ever will i'm like the, the specifics i don't know well enough to say but i don't know if there are termites in his leg could be built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever if you're looking for a delicious treat but you don't want all of the fat and calories then you gotta try a built bar what makes built bar so good well for starters they're all covered in 100 real chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro peanut butter brownie and coconut almond i'm not sure how built does it but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros and now you don't need to wait around to get a box for years we've been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com now you can get them at your local walmart or sam's club that's right head to your nearest walmart today walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars you can pick up a four box of cookies and cream double chocolate or coconut puffs if you're close to a sam's club run in and grab a 13 bar box with our hit flavors brownie batter and churro you can thank me later go to built.com or head on over to your local walmart or sam's club built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever Jordan, what are the other free agent signings you see possible? I thought AJ Pollock was a, a really nice fit for the team, and they they signed he signed with the Mariners for one year and seven million. I thought he made a lot of sense. But Andrew McCutcheon, the names you've heard, Andrew McCutcheon, Michael Waka, maybe Jerickson Profar. There's been like no buzz on Jerickson Profar anywhere. Those guys, the names you've heard, Michael Fulmer, maybe like Zach Britton, higher upside relief targets they could go out and get. But there's not a lot left on the free agent market. Carlos Correa's season sent the meme, where Correa. So right now it's still in limbo with Carlos Correa. It's a fluid situation. I tweeted out last night that the sense I was getting from multiple people was the Boris, the the John Heyman leak and the media leak the day before on Friday wasn't strictly to benefit Correa with the Mets. I said wasn't strictly. I think there's definitely some posturing in there. But my sense of the situation is, Maybe it's a little bit less than than was let on in terms of posturing. I think the Twins, they're monitoring closely. We know that. And I don't think they're completely out of this thing at all. Maybe behind closed doors, Correa and Boris are sitting there laughing about the Twins calling. and They're just going to use them completely as leverage. It, multiple things can be true here. It, just because Carlos Correa prefers to be a Met doesn't mean that he he like would never come to Minnesota. Like I, that does, I don't think those things those things can both be you know, together that Carlos Correa enjoyed his time here and would consider staying here and that he prefers to be a Met. Like, I understand why he prefers to be a Met, and I kind of covered that last week. It's ongoing. We'll see what happens, but at least the sense I've gotten for whatever it's worth is that they're more in this than I think a lot of people have let on, and that's a low bar because a lot of people just think it's a joke. Like, there's no way, and I know a lot of people are annoyed with this entire situation as well, so I understand that, but just keep an eye on it. It's worth monitoring, and we'll continue to cover it. 
Marshall says Cleveland was the youngest team in baseball and should only get better. They finished double-digit games ahead of the Twins. How will the Twins close the gap? Can they? I agree. Cleveland was good. Cleveland was good. They surprised me. Uh, it made me eat my words. They had a seven-win player in Andre Jimenez. Jose Ramirez was himself. Shane Bieber was awesome. And even with J-Ram's thumb in the second half, they were incredible down the stretch in September. They're going to be good. They're going to be good. I think they have an 85-win floor. I will also say there was batting ball data with multiple of their players that I don't think is going to hold up in 2023. That's not to say I don't think they'll be they'll be a good team again in 2023. But do I expect a seven-win season from Andres Jimenez next year? Probably not. Could he be a four- or five-win player on a yearly basis? Absolutely, and that could be huge for them. Like Every team could use those guys. What I think will stay constant with Cleveland, Jose Ramirez is Jose Ramirez. Shane Bieber is Shane Bieber. Tristan McKenzie looks like he broke out. He's ready to be a frontline starter. They're going to continue to pump out guys who can get outs. Their bullpen was nasty last year. They have one of the best relievers in baseball in Emmanuel Classe. Things I'm not sure will stay true for Cleveland. The batted ball data from last year, all the infield singles, the injury luck in 2022. I don't know if all of those things will stay consistent. You know, as Oscar Gonzalez is his breakout for real. Steven Kwan, what does he look like in years two, three, four, and five? Miles Strong center. Right, He didn't hit at all last year. Does he hit in 2023? Or what's his value in 2023 at the bottom of the order? There are there are questions with this team. They added Josh Bell. Nice addition in Josh Bell to raise that offensive floor a little bit more. I agree. They're going to be good. The Twins can close the gap if, you know, I don't know if they can do it anymore. But I thought at the beginning of the offseason, if they added talent at the top of their roster, what the White Sox were hoping to do last year was like out-talent everybody. and that was their that was their their whole mo and like cleveland was almost the antithesis of that they have a lot of talent but they just they had an identity and a, a lot of times last year i wasn't sure the twins had an identity i think what the twins identity can become and they can be successful with is you have kirloff larnick lewis arise miranda you have this young fun group of players like cleveland had you continue to pump out mid rotation starters and you compete with them you compete with them on a yearly basis, but that's going to require health development a lot more. Yes, Cleveland is the class right now. They're the team to beat. I don't think the the gap is ginormous. I think the Twins can close it. They got to get creative. They got to get healthy in 2023, and they need to make you know talent. They need to add talent to this roster. They don't have enough right now that we that we're sure of for 2023. Kyle Farmer, RBW Prime Varland. How do you envision Griffin Jacks being utilized this year? That velocity increase is impressive. Love Griffin Jacks in 2023. I think he's going to become one of the better setup men in the American League. You look at his numbers with runners in scoring position and with nobody on base, and I think there's going to be some positive regression there. Griffin Jacks cut his ERA by three runs from 2021 to 2022. I think you could see a lot more improvement in 2023. He got comfortable back there as a reliever for the first time in an everyday role. I love Griffin Jacks. I think he's going to be one of their highest leverage right, right-handed relievers, much like he was, but less by default because Tyler Duffy and Emilio Pagan were struggling more because he's one of the best back there and what should be, and I'm hoping is a deeper, better bullpen for the majority of 2023. Prime Varland says, does that mean Correa is a twin? And Allen also adds, are they seriously in on Correa or is this lies? If so, do you know their current offer and do you think it's even in the ballpark to be accepted? I've said from day one, like it's unlikely Carlos Correa is back here. And that remains true. It remains true. I said a lot of things would have to go right for the twins to acquire Carlos Correa. We've heard buzz that the twins have been serious even now are serious after he's failed the medical twice or 
His ankle's been flagged twice by two different teams. They remain serious. I don't think it's lies. I don't think it's lies that that the Twins are interested in bringing him back. But it's also a good point I made a couple weeks ago that I've seen as well. If they were really serious, like they would, they would push this offer to big time heights for the Twins. They are at big time heights. They were with 10 285. It wasn't enough. And I don't think this will be enough either. I don't know what the current offer is, but there there was a sense Friday morning that there was a lot more optimism around Correa and the Twins than there was at all previously in between when he agreed to this deal with the Mets into today. There was like a shift Friday morning. It felt like we'll see. And that's right around the times the reports came out that the Mets might back away, that the Twins have contacted him. Jim Bone went on the radio, MLB Network Radio, and said, oh, the Twins are going to maybe take Correa out from under the Mets' noses. Yes, a lot of that is Boris. I don't think it's completely Boris. So I don't think it's lies, but I still don't think he'll land here. Uh, just, again, monitor this situation, continue to watch, and we'll see. We'll see exactly what happened here. Question from Tim. Multiple questions. What is your instincts on, on the Twins' odds to get Correa? I would say... 15%, Tim, because I'm a little more optimistic than than the other folks. Assuming we don't trade for another starter, how would you assess the Twins starting pitching? I feel like we have, actually have good depth, but the general consensus seems to be that we need more. We They need a frontline starter, right? They need like a clear cut. They've needed a frontline starter since Johan Santana went to New York <laughs> to be a Met. They need a frontline starter, like a real ace. When I say frontline starter, you know, Sonny Gray, I view as a clear number two. Tyler Malley, I think if he pitches his to, to his peripherals, is a clear number two. Joe Ryan, to me, is like a 3-4. Bailey Ober is like a 3-4. They need a clear number one. Carlos Rodon is that guy, and he signed with the Yankees. Now they have two. They have Garrett Cole and Carlos Rodon, and maybe three with Luis Submarino. Twins lack in that area, but I agree, Tim. They have more depth, and as I was saying, I think the, the floor of the pitching staff is the highest it's been since this front office took over. The floor of the pitching staff not just in the majors. And I realized Kenta Maeda hasn't pitched in a year and a half. I realized Tyler Malley hurt his shoulder. I realized Sonny Gray didn't have the healthiest season. I realized Bailey overthrew, I don't know, 50 innings or whatever it was. But beyond the, the major league roster that they have, as you mentioned, Winder, Varland, Simmons Richardson, Balazovic, guys ready to take innings. And I did say I didn't love Josh Winder for 2023. And I, I don't love Josh Winder for 2023. But they're in a much better situation than they've been. And even in the situation they were in last year, they won 78 games with Dylan Mundy as sometimes their second best starter in the rotation. So, yes, I feel much better about the depth. They still need like a, a number one starter, a number one starter. What are your thoughts on AK bouncing back after his wrist surgery? Kind of same question as Carl. I, If he's healthy, if you told me he's going to be healthy throughout the year, I will always buy that hype on Alex Kirilov. Always, always. Alex. If the Twins sign Correa, do you think they will be more aggressive in the trade market? Yes. I just said this the other night to somebody I was talking to. If they sign Correa, I think you would see them get more aggressive in the trade market because then it does make other guys more expendable, certainly, on the Major League roster and in the system if you if you sign Carlos Correa. So, yes, Alex, absolutely, I think they would be. But they should be anyway. If they add Correa, I think they would be. Who are the best left-handers on the team? Lefties. If we end up keeping everyone except Kepler, if healthy, are Larnick and Kirilov starting in AAA or MLB? I made the case that Larnick should start in AAA or at least shouldn't be relied on every day as an as an everyday player. But spring training is going to be super important for this team. But I don't know if there's been a more important spring training in the last 20 years for the Twins. Just how they finished 2022 with all these injuries. They need to see Trevor Larnick. They need to see Alex Kirilov. They need to see Royce Lewis and how he's progressing. It's going to be such an important spring training. So that question cannot be answered until 
probably March, whether Larnick and Kirloff are starting in the bigs or at AAA. Because if Alex Kirloff goes 0 for 25 in spring training, like he did at the beginning of 2021 or went like two for something, it was he was not good in spring training. He didn't make the major league roster. There were some service times, things going on in that, but he didn't make the major league roster. So spring training super important. Best left-handed hitters on the team. Nick Gordon was their best left-handed power hitter last year. <laughs> like It was crazy. And Jorge Polanco was hurt. Jorge Polanco, I think, is their best left-handed hitter, him and Luis Arise. But I think Kirloff can be. And last year when Kirloff was hitting well, the Twins had three legitimate, and they were playing well together, three legitimate power right-handed bats in Buxton, Miranda, and Correa, and three left-handed bats. And Polanco's a switch hitter, but much better as a lefty in Polanco, Kirloff, and Arise. And when they were all performing together, it was a sight, a sight to see. It was a sight to see. Really, really fun uh, at that time. I believe that's everyone. Thank you so much for all your questions. We got we got questions like coming in at this point. I, I don't know. People are having conversations in my mentions, I guess. If you have questions, always DM me at NashWalker9 at Lockdown Twins. I want to thank you so much for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every single day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Now make your second listen, Lockdown MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much. Have a great day and go twins.